if your water system became inoperable or was contaminated, how long could you make it on the water that you have stored? We'll talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We're glad that you have joined us on part two of our water series here. Our first part was about purifying the water. Today, we're going to talk about storing the water. You know, water storage is kind of a sticky wicket. It is. It's a heavy element to try to store. We do this because if you've listened to me any length of time, you'll know that I'm going to tell you the most important single element that you can prep is water must have water. You know, the CDC and some of the emergency management associations indicate that a gallon of water stored per person per day is a minimum. And I consider that a minimum. You know, we're probably supposed to be drinking at least a gallon of water a day. But we've also got to take into consideration our hygiene, our cooking, that sort of thing, too. Mm -hmm. Our pets. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to prep for everybody that needs to drink water. Mm -hmm. That we do. And the question comes up often, how much do we need? How much do we need? And so that really comes down to some degree to how long you want to prepare for. Mm. If you're preparing to make it, you know, the basic two, three weeks, that's one amount. If you're planning to make it for a year with no outside assistance, that's another number. And that's a rather large number. And we want to take this time to remind you, if you haven't already, sign up for our bi-weekly newsletter. It's free, costs you nothing. We do try to put in some wonderful articles, the things that we have learned, and uh, comments also, and tips and ideas from our listeners, and some tips and ideas that we have done research on. And one of the things that we're working on is to give you a heads up on the things that we may experience shortages of. Absolutely. You know, some of our listeners have been very appreciative. Mm-hmm. that we alerted them to things like the baby formula shortage. We talked about that back in February before it even hit the news. We've already touched on some of the grain shortage, and mm-hmm. now we're touching on some of the cooking oil shortages as well. So those bits of information get shared in the newsletter. We want you aware. We want you prepared. Get that newsletter at info at practicalprepping.info. Drop us an email and say, sign me up to the newsletter, and we'll do it. Or you can go to the website and click on contact and just tell us you'd like to be there and it will come to us in the form of an email as well. Absolutely. So you get signed up for that. We would appreciate it very much. Now let's take just a short break here and mention our sponsors. Who you got up first? I think we've got ProLine Digital Group. ProLine Digital Group. Good guys. They maintain our website. They built our website. They do web hosting. They can build apps. And they've got this thing I'm really excited about. And if I was doing a type of business that could use this, I would absolutely be using their digital lead program. And it is great for small business, for mechanics, for lawn care, for any type of small service business, something that people is going to be searching for that service. 
and they are able to provide you those leads. So give them a call and let them know that you heard about them here. And they are linked off of our website, so you can get to them very easily. How about Jim Curtis Knives? Oh, Jim Curtis Knives. You know, Jim makes handcrafted works of art, but they're functional. He makes a knife that he intends to be used. I know you've got two of them that I've given to you, and I'm looking at one right now. And I know that you use them, and you love them, and you're very proud of them. And Jim Curtis does make a beautiful knife. You know, he'll handcraft a blade and a handle to your specifications. Mm -hmm. There's so many choices and variations out there. Or you can also select from some that he already has built and ready to go. You can find Jim Curtis Knives on his Facebook page. He often posts a lot of pictures and photographs. You can message him privately, and you can uh, work a deal with him. He guarantees the blade for a lifetime. He'll give you a lifetime's worth of sharpening and two band-aids will come in your Jim Curtis knife package. So if you want heirloom quality, but very highly functional, well-crafted knives, you look up Jim Curtis knives. You will not be sorry. No, you won't. And he uses good band-aids too. I've (laughs) used both of mine and plus a few Mm -hmm. and uh, they do stick very well. We've got uh, Clean Start has come on as a relatively new sponsor, and they produce a solution that is an alcohol-free hand sanitizer and an antiseptic. And I carry a bottle of it in my, my pocket every day. I carry a small bottle with a foam pump applicator on it. And I'll use that stuff six or eight times in a day. It's very clean on your hands. It It is. It dries quickly. You don't have any of that sticky residue feeling. Exactly. And you can use it as an antiseptic. Now, from a prepper standpoint, it's great because, one, you're carrying one solution for two situations. Mm -hmm. Number two, it comes it is a 40X concentrate. One 3.2-ounce bottle makes a gallon, and a gallon lasts a good while. Oh, uh, uh, certainly a long while. So if you're looking at storing hand sanitizer, antiseptic, it's a whole lot easier to be storing three-and-a-half-ounce bottles than it is bigger containers of hand solution and containers of antiseptic. I like that it's alcohol-free, too. That means when you have a cut a burn or a scrape, you're not going to get that bad sting. Mm-hmm. And so that want you to clean that wound even better. And they are offering to our listeners a 25% discount if you use the link on the website. So go take a look at that. And it comes a nice starter kit and has the foam pump bottles and mixing jug and everything that you need in there. So go take a look at that. And uh, use our website, and it's good with a 25% discount. Now, we also have the base handgun training system. Mm-hmm. Sean Rafferty designed this, and it's a great system, especially if you've never had formal handgun training. It goes through and it teaches you the very basics of the things that you need to know, and it's more than just point the gun and pull the trigger. And he talks about safety and and a lot of things in there. It's a great system if you've not been in a formal class. And Sean is also offering to our listeners his prepared citizen course at absolutely no cost. So you go to our website and 
go to friends and affiliates and click on that and it will come to you absolutely free. Now, it looks like you're checking out, okay? But it ends up with zero dollars on the, the cost. Right. So don't let it throw you off there. But I think he's offering a $50 discount off of the base handgun system. So go check that out. How much water do we need? Hmm. And you mentioned a gallon per day per person. Minimum. Plus pets. Right. But what we have found is that you and I personally use probably a gallon and a half a day is a better number for us. And, you know, I don't even think we were factoring in things like hygiene, like bathing, Mm -hmm. showering. That may not have even come into the picture. We're just talking about living. Yeah, showering certainly would not. And uh, we could use baby wipes for what Grandma used to call a spit bath. (laughs) But we're talking coffee and we're talking cooking. Oh, yeah. And we're talking drinking. So for us, it comes out somewhere around a gallon and a half a day. Now, when we're storing water, there's the consideration of weight, and that's going to come into play here in just a little bit about some things. But, you know, water weighs 8.33 pounds per gallon. You know, I learned that many decades ago in the pet industry Mm -hmm. because we sold aquariums, and it was very important for me to be able to guide my customers on the strength of the aquarium based on the amount of weight of water plus all the gravel. And I was astounded to learn that water weighed as much as it did. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you're right, 8.33 pounds per gallon. Let's just look at some common storage uh, devices or containers and what they would weigh when filled. Okay, good. Obviously, a one-gallon jug would weigh 8.33 or 8.8.5 gallons by the time you figure the jug. Right. And nobody ever gets it exactly a gallon. And, you know, we put as much as we can in there. Mm -hmm. A 2.5 gallon container would weigh 20.8 pounds. Mm. Five gallon would weigh 41.65 pounds. Six gallon, 50 pounds. Seven gallon, 58 pounds. And that big blue 55 gallon water storage drum that we all want, 458 pounds. And that doesn't include the weight of that 55-gallon drum or the pallet it has to rest on. Exactly. Now, we'll we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And I've really got a point, and I want you to really pay attention to what that five, six, seven gallons weighs, 41, 50, 58 pounds. Now, there's also space considerations. When we look at large containers versus small containers— We actually here use small containers. We have some one gallon and we have some two and a half gallon. Yeah. Now, I want to add some larger and we've got a game plan for that. But you also need to look at there are stackable and non-stackable containers. Yes. The gallon jugs, they're really not stackable. They're not intended to be stackable. They're not intended. And same thing with two liter drink bottles. Now, you could turn them on their side and stack them, but then you've got the possibility of leakage around the lid Mm -hmm. or the top. We need to look at short-term storage, and this is up to a year or two. And jugs falls into this. And 
What we have found is that jugs are usually good for a year or two, maybe three before leaking. But one thing that we'll tell you is do not use empty milk jugs. Yes, as much as you'd want to be tempted Mm -hmm. to repurpose that jug, they're not really intended to be reused. They're kind of flimsy in the big picture. Mm -hmm. And you can never truly and completely eradicate every bit of particle and bacteria that may be resting in some of those ridges. Now, the gallon jugs of water that you get from the grocery store, they're a little bit thicker plastic. They are. And they do last fairly well, and we have some in our prepper closet that are going on three years. And we have used those and refilled them. And when I say that, uh, some new listeners may not know that I sleep on a CPAP, and you have a humidifier sitting beside the bed, and we use distilled water in both of those. So we purchased distilled water. And then as we use that water up, we refill those jugs with tap water and date when we did that. Mm -hmm. And those jugs are a little bit thicker plastic, and they don't tend to leak as much or as quickly. Now, they'll pretty much all leak eventually. But now one jug that you can use is a tea jug, like Arizona tea. Yes, and there's a very important reason why. Well, they're a little bit acidic, and the jugs are made to withstand that even better. And that acidic property actually serves as a bit of a decontaminant Mm -hmm. as well. You know, people often use acidic products when they're doing some of their preserving and canning, like a citric acid or a lemon juice. So anything that is held a tea or half and half, like tea lemonade, that acidic property does help to prepare the jug for that. Yeah, and the same thing with some fruit juice jugs. There are some fruit juice jugs that the fruit juice is somewhat acidic, and so it's designed the same way. So as far as repurposing things, these tea jugs, these acidic fruit juice jugs, uh, two-liter drink bottles, those kinds of things are good to repurpose. Now, when we come to very short-term options, and this is – Like we're kind of about to face a problem or we're facing the problem. And one is the hurricane is on the way or the the tornado is on the way and we need to store a larger amount of water very quickly. But this is, I shouldn't say very short term, I should say temporary options, if you would. Mm -hmm. Now the water bob, you know what a water bob is. You know, I'm going to be honest. I do not know. Please tell me. That's the bladder that you put into the bathtub and fill it up from the faucet. Oh, now they say that makes sense because I kept thinking filling up the bathtub. I'm not so sure I'd want to fill up my bathtub until I knew that it was absolutely like sanitized and it probably isn't. How would you keep that water source clean? The water bob. The water bob. That makes me feel better. Now, if you don't have a water bob, go ahead and fill up that um, bathtub And consider that flushing water. Okay, yes, something like non-drinkable, non-cookable. You you could use that for non-potable water, Okay, and you could flush toilets with it. But the water bob is a great option to have. It folds up. It takes up very little area when you don't have it filled with water. But you put a 100-gallon water bob in your... Uh, bathtub, and for two people, that's near 50 days worth of 
water if you had to for drinking. That is a terrific idea. Now, you're going to be giving up your bathtub. Well, for that period of time. Yeah, you're talking 800 plus pounds of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a lot of pounds. That's a lot of poundage. <laughs> now, these things are really not that expensive. Uh, there's one on Amazon with a hand pump because you can't pick this thing up and exactly. pour it in. So you need a hand pump with it, and it's like 35 bucks. So what you do, you go on our webpage, you find that Amazon banner, and you order through your own Amazon account, and we get paid a very small commission. And hey, that helps keep our podcast supported, so we thank you for that. Yeah, and we will go ahead and put that this afternoon on the website on the recommended items. Just make it easy for you to find. Click on that, and it will go to your account and come up to that particular item. I'm going to be buying us one. Well, I think it's a great idea, and mm-hmm. we just put it in there under the sink, and it's right there, ready to go if we need it, and we tornadoes are coming, and we want to augment our water supply right then, and then close the curtain on the shower so that the boys don't get in there and start scratching around, and we our cats. And for our new listeners, that's cats, not yeah, kids. That, that, that's that's <laughs> the cats, the co-producers. They like to get up here on the table and walk on the board while we're required. They do. Although they're laying over here in the floor doing what cats do best. Sleeping. Sleeping. All right. So let's move right. on. Now, the storm has come or whatever has caused us to need water. We all have, or most of us, if you don't have an on-demand water heater, you have 30, 40, 50 gallons supplied right there in the house. See, that's an asset a lot of people forget about. And that's in your water heater. Mm -hmm. Now, in your water heater, and the average water heater is 30 to 40 gallons, depending on the house and when it was put in and such. But there's 30 to 40 gallons on average that's right there in your house. And on the bottom of the water heater, down just a couple of inches off the very bottom, is a faucet. And that's for draining that water heater. Now, you need to do two things to do this. You need to turn the power off to that heater. If it is a gas heater, you need to turn the gas at the water heater off. You can leave it on in the house, but turn it off at the water heater. If it's electric... You need to turn off the breaker for that particular water heater. Most of the water heaters are on their own circuit. Not always, but turn that breaker off because as you drain that water out, you do not want that water, I mean, that heater to come on. No, you don't. <laughs> and also, there's no need in heating the water that you're going to be drinking because if you pull it out, you're going to have to let it cool before you can drink it. Absolutely. So then open the faucet in the house. You need something that's above the level of that water heater because when it's a closed system, and when you open that valve at the bottom, you want to be able to let air in at the top. So go open the kitchen faucet, Mm -hmm. and this is based on you don't have operable water system at this point. Got it. So open that faucet. If it's a contaminated water situation and your water has not been used yet and that contamination come into your water heater, go turn the water off to the house. Exactly. So there's no chance of this water coming in. Good call. But take you a 
a hose pipe, take you a short bucket, take you something and turn that faucet on in the kitchen for a vent, open the bottom of that water heater and let some of that water run out. You can close that back up. You don't have to deal with all 30 or 40 gallons at one time. You can just use it as you need it. But there is 30 to 40 gallons stored already inside your house. I have a great idea. I think I want you to to prepare this water heater tip specifically for our newsletter. I think that would be a great hack or a, it's more than a hack. It's a very, very timely tip. You've told me things I didn't know and have never done. And so I think that would be great to include that in the next newsletter. Which know. goes out tomorrow. There you go. So I will write that today. <laughs> All right. Now there's another source that you've not thought of and you're going to go, ooh, when I tell you. Uh, let me guess. The back of the toilet tank. I was going to say the commode. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's water in that tank. There is water in that tank. In fact, you've got, depending on the type of toilet you have, you've got 1.4 gallons up to three and a half gallons. You know, the really old ones had three and a half gallons in them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're more efficient now. Uh, yeah, but they would really flush back then. <laughs> That's true. So there's that. Now, let me ask you this question. What if we've put some kind of like a bleach sanitizer, one of those like blue things that makes your water blue? It's in the tank. Now, what are we going to do? Forget it. Well, we're not going to consider that 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 water. That water is no longer drinkable. Now, in a very dire strait, if there's no chemical added into it, and, and I'm one that tends to put those bleach tablets in there. Yeah. But if it's not there, in dire straits, a human could drink that. Certainly. I think you just put it through the sanitation process. Exactly. And, you know, boil exactly. it or put some chlorine. But now you could use it for pet water. Yeah, you could. Pet I mean, water. The, they're already drinking. Most of you that with dogs, you know what I'm talking about. They're already drinking out of the throne anyway. So mm, yeah. if it hadn't got them by then, it's not going to get them then too. So, yeah, you can use that for pet water. And cats will do it too if you don't keep the, <laughs> the lid closed. Yes, I, they will. I close the lid every time. <laughs> not so much because Krista told me to close the lid, but because the boys like to get up there and drink. But I, I'm glad that you also shared that it's it's a – Indirect storage, you know, a water mm-hmm. heater with that 30 to 40 gallons and that toilet tank. You know, some people have more than one toilet in their house, too. Mm-hmm. So they may have, I mean, an extra 20 gallons of water right there. You know, they mm-hmm. can pump. You may need to think about getting a hand pump if you want to try to pump that water. That out. or out of the toilet. You could dip it out with a cup. Yeah, you could. I mean, there's several just, ways. Just um, sanitize it. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be pulling it out and handing it to you to drink because <laughs> no. that's not going to work. But, <laughs> you know, I've seen the boys and, and I remember the time I was working on Krista's toilet and I was repa- replacing the seal below the flapper valve. And we've told you how these boys like to get in and help with things. So yeah, they we, get there, stick their nose right in our business. So Widget was up there helping me. And we actually mentioned this one time before on not forgetting the storage uh, capacity for that toilet for the water. Because Widget got up there. I think the point was get water wherever you can. Yes, exactly. Because Widget got up there and he was watching me and he just started drinking a little bit out of the back of your toilet. He so just, he's a water it's, freak. It's water. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't know anything about bacteria or, <laughs> I mean, they, they'll drink out of a mud hole. Well, nature yeah. protects animals anyway. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's move ahead with some short term storage or midterm storage. 
and that's bottled water. This is one of the easiest things that we can put up. You can buy that gallon of water in the grocery store, or you can pick up that case of 20-ounce bottles of water. You know, and they make so many nice individual-type mm-hmm. servings on on water. And, and I think some of our big-box club stores, they actually have cases of 45 bottles, mm-hmm. you know, for really just a couple of three bucks it's really a good deal and we do need some water bottles anyway Mm -hmm. because if we're traveling they need to be in there needs to be a couple of those in our uh, get home bag or a bug out bag and the sawyer mini water filter will screw on to the top of the water bottle so we need to have those that you know sometimes you just want to drink right now and don't want to go through all the whole process of filtering, boiling, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can just do like our son-in-law does when he's hiking. He will just dip his water bottle in the creek, fill it up, screw his filter on top of it, and drink straight from that. He's been doing it for 20-something years. Yep. Absolutely. Made his beard grow, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, he's a healthy young man. Yes, he is. Drinking that natural water. So start with a couple of cases of bottled water or a few gallons of water from the grocery store. But you can also keep those two-liter soda bottles. Now, we don't go through soda bottles here at the house. Not so much. Just you and me. So I generally generally don't buy the big liter bottles. And I rarely drink it because of type 2 diabetes. So that's just something that we don't do a lot. But that is something that our kids do with our grandkids, and they keep those there. And all you need to do is to wash them out very, very well. And also, they work very well if you let them dry. Wash them out and let them dry, and very dry. And you can fill them with beans and rice. I actually saw that where someone used like a little funnel, Mm -hmm. and they uh, store their rice and beans through that funnel in the soda bottle because it did seem to hold more, mm-hmm. and you can actually portion it out, you know, when you're pouring mm-hmm. out. If you don't need to cook two pounds of dried beans, you only need to prepare maybe a cup, you know, just pour that or rice or what mm-hmm. have you, peas or anything that's dried. That's actually a very good call on that. But be sure it's dry before you put it in there, and some people will put an oxygen absorber down in there as well. Some folks don't. Some folks do. That's totally up to you. Do your research on Mm -hmm. what you want to do with that. But it will last for decades if you put rice and beans in there. So that's just another little tip right there. Let's talk about some long-term storage. Well, one of the big no-nos about long-term storage is to store your water container directly on a concrete surface. Mm -hmm. So that's a big no-no. And why is that? Well, chemicals can leach from the concrete into the container if, if you're storing it in a plastic container. Now, that wouldn't be true with a stainless steel or something like that, but that'd be expensive and that would be a lot heavier. As mm-hmm. well. But we're just basically talking about any kind of plastic storage, right. even if it's a much thicker, like a five gallon type jug, you know, like those water companies mm-hmm. supply people with water and they've got their own little home fountain. Even that should not store directly on concrete. No, not for any long term. So what should they put it on? Well, put it on something like a pallet okay. or put it on some two befores. All right. Just, I mean, what about a moving blanket? Would something like that work? You know, I'd never thought about that. Probably would. But the problem with a moving blanket is it could absorb any 
uh, liquid that got onto like you're storing these in a basement or a garage. Then if you're washing your floor, then that would soak up water. Yeah, and that can get moldy and fungusy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the wood pallet's much better. I would put it on a pallet or I'd put a few tubifores in there to be able to stack them up on. Smart. Now, you can use five-gallon food-grade buckets Mm -hmm. to put on that. You can use the blue water containers, and some of those are stackable. We're going to talk about those in just a minute. Now, I saw something in a forum one day, and this lady had been canning, and she ran out of things to can. She had canned everything that she had to do, and she still had some jars out ready to can with, so she canned water. She canned water. She put up quart jars of water. Did she actually, like, Heat seal them and all that? I think she probably water bathed them. Okay. Just so that it would seal. That's and right. Pop. So she had the very hot mm-hmm. water and then just put that. Oh, and just you just hand tighten the ring and then you wait for that pop. Right. And oh, then you're good can- to go. Canned water. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be four jars a day per person, which is a lot. Uh, of jars. If it's a quart jar, you're saying. If it's a yeah. quart jar. Gotcha. But that, I thought it was a pretty unique That's... idea. She had the storage space, and she had the empty jars, and she had nothing else to put in them, so she just... Well, I, I mean, that's a that's a brilliant because when she can use that water for whatever purpose she wants to use it, she still has a good jar. Mm-hmm. All she ever has to replace are those seals because those rings can mm-hmm. last forever. That's just stinking brilliant. It was. I am admiring that. All right, let's go to some large quantity long-term storage. Okay, you're now you're talking about those very heavy-duty, heavy plastic blue water containers and they're generally extruded in some way where they can stack some of them uh, there's several ways to go with this now the water bricks or the water cubes water bricks are usually the really hard plastic and those are stackable Mm -hmm. now you also have the water cubes which are collapsible when they're empty and they're not really that stackable when they're filled I because I they're think, not rigid. Yeah. Right. The idea there is that when not in use, they're not taking up a lot of space. Exactly. You can actually carry them, you know, if you're traveling or whatever. You could. Mm-hmm. Hadn't thought about that. They'd be easy to move. But we're not going to store water storage containers empty very long around no. here. No, we're we're going to really. fill them up. True. Now, they do make the two-and-a-half to five-gallon square or rectangle heavy-duty plastic, and those are the most stackable. Okay. They really are. Yeah. You can stack those very well, which, by the way, you can buy the two-and-a-half gallon. They're stackable, but you can buy them in the grocery store with the drinking water in them, and they have the little spout on the front, and some of them have a vent in it. And we have several of those, and they will just stack on top of each other very well. Now, I don't know how high you could stack them. I'm sure there's got to be some kind of a maximum. Yeah, there's definitely, but I know you can do two. We've done that, and you can probably easily do three. And just depending on where you have them, if you have them so they don't fall over, you could stack them even higher. But I wouldn't have any problem with going four 
if they were sitting in something that they couldn't fall over one way or the other. Maybe like some sort of a shelving system that has sidewalls where they can have something where they have that sturdy containment. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or between two shelving units. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Something like that. If there's a gap between there, two. There's that's a gap a, there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Now, there is a 16-piece, uh, 2.6-gallon, and I know there's 10 2.6-gallon storage jugs with some chemicals and things for water purification. And that's on Amazon. There's a three and a half gallon six jug stackable. I think it's a hundred and fifteen dollars. But when you're talking about three and a half gallons times six, that's eighteen twenty one gallons that you can store very easily, very quickly. Maybe a little more than that. I hadn't had enough coffee to be doing heavy math right now. Well, and also too, remember to factor in the weight. You've got to be able to put it on some kind of solid type of a footing. It's really not intended for plastic shelf units or things like that because you're talking many, many, many pounds of weight. Exactly. And then we go to the water barrels. Oh, boy. Now, these are designed for water storage, and you're looking, some of them are 50, some of them are 55 gallons, but now you're talking a lot of weight. This is a long-term storage This is deal. the long-term, and you can put it in there and leave it for years. Mm-hmm. And there is a kit on Amazon that comes with the pump and with some chemicals. Tell you what I'll do. I'll put several of these on the recommended items list to make it just easier for folks to find. I think that's a good call. And when you go to the site, when you go to our site, click on that recommended item, it takes you to Amazon and then it will have other suggested items that you might be interested in. So if you go look at the water barrel, you'll find several options Yes. as far as doing that. Now, one thing mentioned weight earlier is be cognizant of the weight of the containers you fill. Be certain that you're going to be able to pick that up and handle it if the time comes. Exactly. Now, at my age, I can still handle a five to seven gallon jug of water if I need to. But what about 10 years from now? What about 15 years from now? What about 30 years from now? And yes, I'm aiming to make it to 106. (laughs) So I'm just past middle age. But I'm becoming more and more cognizant of that. But at 20 pounds, I should be able to handle that for years to come. I would hope. So I'm really looking more and more at the two and a half gallon containers. Now, if you're on up in years, if you have some issues in being able to lift weight, you might stick with gallon jugs. You may have to do that. You don't want the water sitting there and you can't do anything with it. Right. And that's why with these 55-gallon drums, we need some type of pump to be able to get it out of there because you can't pick up a 458-pound container and pour it into a glass. No, and you have to have a good permanent spot Mm -hmm. for that to even begin with. This isn't something you can move around. Unless you have a forklift, it's going to be where you put it. <laughs> right. You have to, you know, give some careful planning to that sort of thing. But yeah, and give, like you said, give some consideration to 
how it's going to feel to handle these things 5, 10, 15, 20 years from Mm -hmm. now on your long-term plan. Or if you're already at an age or condition that you have trouble lifting and you may not be able to handle, a five-gallon jug is going to weigh like 40 pounds. So Mm -hmm. if we're we're looking at using five-gallon containers, we're looking at 40 pounds. And it's on a relatively small volume of size. Mm-hmm. You know, 40-pound, five-gallon jug is not like a 40-pound bag of dog food you can sling over your shoulder mm-hmm. that's dry. It's it's heavier once you also factor in the weight of the jug, too. Yeah, well, when it comes to 40 pounds, the weight of that jug is kind of negligible. Well, I understand. I mean, you're talking but, a pound or yeah. two there, but... It's just something to consider. We want you looking ahead on this because this is not something we want you to have to use next week, but this is for just in case. Well, I want you to know that I have really learned quite a bit through our two-part series on water, both the purifying of it and also today's episode, which we call Jugs, Bricks, Barrels, and Buckets. And so any of those types of things you can search through our um, on our website and go to Amazon and look up water jugs, water bricks, water barrels, and water buckets. Mm-hmm. And it will uh, take you directly to where you want to go and do that shopping and get that water stored. Because you know, I'm telling you again, without water, pretty much all the rest of your preps for any type of a long-term or even mm-hmm. a midterm situation are pointless if you can't survive because you're going to be thirsting. Yeah, a thousand rounds of ammo doesn't do you a lot of good if you have a half a gallon of water and that's it. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. So we've got to be well balanced here. And we've been talking about the Amazon off of our website and we do appreciate those of you that start your Amazon shopping at our website. Just go to our website, www.practicalprepping.info. Click on that Amazon tab and then just go do your shopping as you normally do. And it costs you no extra, but it gives us a small percentage of commission that does help support the podcast. And we appreciate that. We really do. And folks have ordered some things on there that have absolutely nothing to do with prepping. We had a young man ordering some tractor parts. Well, I mean, some trailer parts, agriculture, he might be prepping for all we know, but we're just saying that anything that you Mm -hmm. would care to order from Amazon, whether it has anything at all to do with what we're talking about or in preparedness in general, doesn't matter. I mean, right. You know, if you want to order a pair of socks, order them, you know, sure. And just order them through our website. But we do appreciate you going to our website to start. Okay, jugs, bricks, buckets, and barrels, water storage ideas, and we certainly appreciate you being with us today, and we hope you have a great weekend as we plan to do. We're about to get out of here and go and do some things or do absolutely nothing. We're going to run some errands, and then we're just going to spend our afternoon together. So until next time. Remember, thirst happens Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Hopefully you've learned something, picked up a tip, or something we said may have triggered a thought that'll help you in your prepping journey. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode and share it with your friends and family. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.